Hello, everyone, and welcome to the debut episode of my brand new podcast. It's football, not soccer. This is your host, Daniel Cervantes, recording today in the Camp Student Radio booth here at the University of Arizona. Very happy to be able to take advantage of this wonderful setup we have here. And while I'm very happy to bring you all a good slate of association football action from around the world with a very heavy emphasis on U.S. and Mexican football for the time being. For those unaware, both of those countries will be getting close to wrapping up their 2023 slates of play. So once that does happen, we'll likely pivot over to Europe for a little bit until they get back up and ready for the 2024 set of matches. What I aim to cover is the United Soccer League Championship, a.k.a. the USL Championship, the second level of American professional football, USL 1, the third level of American football, then as well, the National Women's Soccer League, or NWSL, the top level of women's football in the U.S. And from there, we'll talk about Liga MX, top level of men's Mexican football there, Liga de Expansión MX, the second level, and then La Liga MX Femenil, the top level of women's football in Mexico. Um, I will not be covering Major League Soccer, MLS, because honestly, I'm not a fan of that league. That league chooses, well, they refuse to realize that they are pretty much actively harming American association football. Instead, they they, uh, way too often choose half-baked ideas to try and draw viewers, such as what they're currently doing this season, which is making the first round of their playoffs a best-of-three series. Just because it's something that other leagues don't do does not make it a good thing, plain and simple. Depending on what time we have left over, we may discuss other leagues, such as the European highlights that we include, you know, the English Premier League, the Bundesliga in Germany, which honestly is my personal favorite of the European leagues, as well as La Liga in Spain. Although, you know, we're more likely to save those for later on once the U.S. and Mexico, those leagues, go on their winter breaks and we start to fill in with more stuff. But, you know, without further ado, let's go on and get focused on what we're talking about today, starting off with the USL Championship playoffs. So the quarterfinals and the semifinals, we're in the middle of the semifinals. The quarterfinals wrapped up this last weekend. We actually had a lot of good games. So Sacramento Republic, the top team in the Western Conference, they punched their tickets to the semis with a very comfortable win against the number four place San Antonio FC 3-1 to at home. That was last Friday, the 27th of October. Um, for context, this is being recorded on the 3rd of November, Friday. Russell Cicero, Nick Ross, and Damia Viotter led the scoring for Sacramento with Tommy Oluwese picking up the only goal for San Antonio in the 90th minute stoppage time. So really just a consolation prize right there for for San Antonio. Nick Ross earned himself the man of the match honors with a goal and an assist. And facing them in the semifinals, kicking off tomorrow, Saturday the 4th of November, will be the 6th placed Phoenix Rising, who upset number two Orange County on the road on Saturday to punch their tickets to the quarter to the semifinals. Phoenix's Daniel Trejo, the top scorer this season in the USL Championship at 26 goals and assists combined, so we're going off of that metric. He opened the score real early, seventh minute uh, goal, and then Orange County's Thomas Amang evened it up in the 24th. After that, it was a very long defensive battle. Nobody scored until finally. 116th minute extra time, Emil Cuello was able to beat Rocco Novo, give the winning goal for Phoenix Rising, and they were able to punch their tickets into the USL Championship semifinals. On the Eastern Conference side, we had some other good matchups too. We have num- we saw number three, Charleston Battery, fending off 
number seven Birmingham Legion in order to move on with a 2-1 home victory. Emilio Yakaza, the man of the match, he opened it up for Charleston in the 17th minute thanks to the league's best setup man, Fidel Barajas, who had 11 assists during the regular season, picking up the perfect ball in order to beat Birmingham's Matt Van Okel. Then Birmingham, not out of it yet. Prosper Kasim, he evened it up in the 41st minute. But then Derek Dodson for the battery picked up the game-winning goal. And from there on, battery just had to shut down, play some good defense, right out with the victory, and punch their way to the semifinals. Facing them, it will be number 5, Louisville City. Easy victory for them this last week against number 8, Detroit City on Saturday, a 4-0 blowout win, you know. Not at all a good result for uh, Detroit City. Absolutely easily handled. Cameron Lancaster picked up a brace. 15th minute penalty, a 59th minute goal. He then also picked up the man of the match honors. Not a surprise there. As he also picked up an assist in helping his teammate Jorge Gonzalez pick up a goal. Brian Ownby, their teammate as well, picked up an unassisted goal. Able to just get by the defense and get himself a big, big uh, goal in order to just make it 4-0. Easy, comfortable win for Louisville City as they move on to the next round of the playoffs and they will be on the road against Charleston Battery. So after tomorrow, we will know who will be playing for the USL Championship crowd. Sacramento Republic, they're hosting a very fiery Phoenix Rising squad and we'll have to keep Trejo quiet if they want to win. Plain and simple. Very proficient score. He will do some damage if you give him the chance and so... It's not going to be an easy win for Phoenix, not uh, not Phoenix, for Sacramento, not by a long shot. Charleston, as mentioned earlier, they're hosting Louisville City, who are quite hot after such a dominant win. And either way, we got ourselves some really, really good matchups to focus on when it comes to the USL Championship, when it comes to what's coming up there, the fight for the crown. Moving on, though. We get USL League One. So I mentioned it, USL League One, technically the third level of American association football. But again, you heard my beef with MLS. We're not touching that. So USL League One, since there's only 12 teams currently, there is no East-West Conference division, you know, divvying up of the league. That's common in American sports because the leagues are very big. You know, MLS is about to become 30 teams usl championship is also quite a beefy beefy league like i am not kidding usl championship is quite the quite just the beefy league i think right now it's what 28 teams in the usl championship which you know for some people that's great but for others not really great yeah 24 teams that's much bigger than most uh other leagues if we're being honest you know european leagues they're sitting at closer to 18 now, I know the German Bundesliga is at 20, but 24 is pretty big, so got to split there. But USL Championship, only 12 teams, so there is no division. And honestly, that I prefer. It's just a free-for-all for trying to make the playoffs, trying to make it to the crown of the USL League One, and that gives you some pretty interesting storylines, to say the least. So last weekend, we saw the two semifinal matchups. We're gearing up for the finals, actually, because, again, less teams, less rounds in the playoffs. So... Well, we saw this last weekend. Number two, North Carolina. They handled number three, Northern Colorado Hailstorm, quite well. 3-1 victory to open the set, the doubleheader that happened this last weekend. David Garcia for North Carolina picked himself up a really good result 
a brace, goals in the 31st and 49th minute with his teammate, XFC Tucson player Louis Perez, putting in the dagger in the 87th minute. Reason why I mentioned that is because, you know, FC Tucson was in USL League One until this season. They willingly demoted themselves down into USL League Two because their previous owner jumped ship in order to found an expansion team in the USL League One. So that was fun. Our current owners, though, and also because of the stadium situation, we had to willingly drop ourselves to back down into USL League Two, which is semi-professional, much shorter season. They get wrapped up in, like, before, you know, even the school semester begins. It's, like, a very short season, so that's why we're not talking about them. If they had a longer season, we'd be talking about them. Unfortunately, they wrap up much too early for what we're talking about. But i like to give the shout-out. Louis Perez was a really good player for FC Tucson last year. I have his jersey um, because I went to the FC Tucson Pride Night game, got his jersey on, like, the auction. It was not that hard to get. Um, but yeah, I just like to give the shout out guy is playing some really good ball out there in North Carolina. I just really wish that he was still on FC Tucson and we were still in USL league one, but you know, what can you do? You do your best and we just kind of roll, see what we can do going forward. But anyway, that was just a little bit of a tangent dealing with Tucson. Maybe they'll get back up to USL league one, but you know, that really depends on the stadium situation. So we'll see what happens there for now. You know, we're going to focus on what we got in front of us, the USL League One playoffs. So anyway, as I was saying, you know, Perez, he put in the dagger in the 87th minute for North Carolina. Marky Hernandez, you know, he gave he gave the Hailstorm a goal, a consolation prize goal, 90th minute stoppage time. You know, nothing really going there. Just something that you can feel a little bit better about as a result. But, mm, you know, in the end, not really worth a whole lot. Um, Garcia, unsurprising, man of the match honors. And, well, there's a big one here. You know, Northern Colorado, they actually had a really good offense coming into this playoff. They had USL 1's most proficient scorer, Trevor Amon. He had a bunch of goals this season. He was scoring goals in bundles this year in USL League 1. So the fact that North Carolina was able to silence him is immense. Because here's the thing. Amon scored 25 goals this season. He was absolutely all over it. You all know how much the second best scorer in USL 1 was this season? Oleksanderson in North Carolina was 17. Absolutely massive, massive gap. So to go in and completely silence that offense, that the key player neutralize him, that's a big warning to North Carolina's coming opponent because, again, you, it, it's real hard to completely isolate a guy who is that proficient. But also, you know, North Carolina has their own deadly duo, you know, has their own set of deadly players too. Again, I mentioned Olex, second best scorer in terms of goals this season for the USL, Olex Anderson. And then when you look at the goals plus assists, they also have Raphael Mensington, who picked up 20 goals plus assists over the course of the season. So, you know, very dangerous players here for, you know, North Carolina. Um, so no surprise that they are able to really do some good damage. But again, you know, kind of dangerous. They're a dangerous team. They're able to completely neutralize the best goal scorer in the league. And so that's a big, big warning sign for the team that's going to face off against them 
the team that plays fourth place in the league, Charlotte Independence. So, Independence, they got themselves the win in this last round. Major upset win, though, as they knocked off the top team in the regular season, Union Omaha, on the road. It was a very, very defensive game. This game went down to the wire. No goals in regular time. No goals in extra time. And then finally, went to penalties. Charlotte narrowly, just narrowly edging out Omaha 5-4 to four in order to advance and move on to the USL1 final. So, of note here, Omaha entering the game had not lost in 14 games and had not lost at home in 11 games. So, that just major upset. Major props to Charlotte. They came in and essentially punched the best team right in the nose. They're like, nah, we're we're getting into the next round. And, you know, major props to them. And they are rightfully in position to move on and potentially play for a chance to come out with the crown of the USL League One. So major props to those guys. Just one heck of a result, one heck of a game. So looking ahead, though, of course, Sunday will be the final match, North Carolina versus Charlotte Independence. It's going to be a big one. North Carolina, they're red hot. Six-game unbeaten streak. They have not lost for a little while. High-scoring offense, though, and then Charlotte, you know, they completely stymied Omaha, scoreless in 120 minutes and then penalties. So Charlotte, the Independence, they look like they can really take them for a run, too. So this is going to be a good, good time, to say the least. Some good playoff playoff football coming up. So now moving on to the women's side of things, the National Women's Soccer League, NWSL, ramping up for the semifinals. So the quarterfinals were like two weeks ago because we had the international women's break this last week. So, you know... As a result, we're just going to focus on the semifinals because, yeah, you know, teams are coming in on streaks and such, but also a week and change off is a pretty big thing when it comes to soccer, football. My bad. I'm How am I breaking my own convention? How dare I desecrate the name of my own podcast? But, you know, a week off can change a lot. So we're going to more focus on what's coming up right in front of us, which is the semifinals. And it's going to be a very, very interesting semifinals, to say the least. First, we have the Portland Thorns, who finished second in the regular season standings for the NWSL. They're going to be playing host to the sixth-place team, New Jersey, New York, Gotham. Kind of a very interesting name, to say the least. NJNY Gotham. I just say New Jersey, New York. It's a funky name. I can work with it. The logo's pretty nice. I just don't under... You know, there is... I don't know. I guess they understand because they do play in New Jersey. That's a little, it makes a little bit of sense, but you know, I think you could have done without the New Jersey part. Anyway, I digress. We're, we're focused on other things. Either way, you know, the big thing is the thorns are coming off of a big long buy. Um, the way the NWSL playoffs work is that the top six teams get into the playoffs because the league is only 12 teams big. So half the league. But the top two teams are given a bye. So teams three, you know, teams three, four, five, and six battle it out. Determine who's going to move on to the next round to face off against the top two teams in the entire league. This is kind of big, though, because that means that the Thorns and the San Diego Wave, who finished first in the regular season standings, 
have two weeks off before they actually get back in and start to play against their big, you know, up and coming, you know, playoff opponents. How this is going to play in effect, who knows? I'm going to be honest. Um, it could be a major impact. Maybe the Thorns just come in ready. Same thing with the Wave. Both come in ready to just completely handle their business. But, you know, this can always, this feels like a bit of territory where you can say this could be a trap game for both the Portland Thorns and the San Diego Wave, which we'll touch a bit on in a little bit. But again, you know, Thorns, they're hosting their opponents, New Jersey, New York, Gotham from across the country. Um, the Gotham, you know, they had a 2 0 win on the road over number three, North Carolina Courage. Major upset a couple of weeks ago. But again, that was a couple of weeks ago. So that's a pretty big bit of rest, you know. How are teams going to come into this? Who, who, who really is to tell? Um, you know, the match is coming up, you know, both of them are on Sunday. You know, Portland Thorns is at 5 o'clock. Uh, San Diego Wave, 7.30 o'clock. 7.30 o'clock. 7.30, um, of course, uh, Mountain Standard Time, Daylight Savings Time ending this Sunday is going to wreak some absolute chaos. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very, very interesting, to say the least, um, how the time off affects both of these teams, if it affects both of these teams. But, you know... Gotham, they technically got themselves a good streak, upsetting another team. They're ready to upset another, but we'll see what happens. The other game, of course, San Diego Wave, as I mentioned earlier, the top team in the regular season. They're going to be hosting O.L. Reign. Um, for those who do not know, O.L. Reign are located in Seattle, Washington. Why are they not named after Seattle or something? It's because they are owned by, I'm going to butcher this name so hard, Olympique Lyon the team in France. Um, yeah, they're owned by a team in France, and so instead of being named something that relates to Seattle, they are just called The Rain. I don't know how to feel about it, but, you know, we just roll with it. So San Diego hosting the team from Seattle. The Wave are in the exact same spot as Portland. Got that long, long bye. The Rain, a couple weeks ago, they defeated the sixth-place team, Angel City, who are from L.A. They beat them in the quarterfinals, a pretty big result there. Um, here's a major red flag, though. Uh, San Diego is terrible against the rain. They have not, to this day, beaten the rain. Uh, San Diego has two draws and six losses against the rain. So this matchup is really in the rain's favor. You got that streak going against the opponent, you had a pretty good win the week before, even after the, you know, even after the international break. So if you're a San Diego Wave fan, you're going into that stadium on Sunday a little worried about whether or not you're actually gonna be able to pick up the victory. Just saying. There is definitely room for concern as a result of coming off of this long bye and having a dreadful record against your opponent. And again, a lot of those games were pretty recent, so it's not like you can just go, ah, no, it's fine. We can, you know, worry about that at a later date. No, this is big. This can be something that will derail your season kind of thing. So definitely some concern, to say the least, for uh, San Diego. Perfect trap game for the Wave. You know, end off as the top team in your 
uh, league and then get knocked off by the underdogs who have your number by a long shot. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I also will say I did neglect to mention the times for the games on I mentioned earlier. So for those curious, my apologies. USL Championship semifinals, Charleston Battery versus Louisville City will be 4.30 Mountain Standard Time. Very watchable time. Um, however, the Sacramento Republic versus Phoenix Rising match is at t- 7 o'clock. Um, a little bit later, so pretty good games. Um, the website, for some reason, says 10 o'clock. Uh, that's probably a bug. That probably is supposed to be Eastern, but then translated wrong into Wests, into the local time, so... That'll be interesting. So I forgot to mention those matchups, which, you know, pretty important. That is on me 100%. And then the USL League 1 final, that match will be Sunday, a 3 o'clock game to determine who is the top team in the USL 1. However, National Women's Soccer League, these matchups are going to be very interesting because again, Portland Thorns have the earlier game see whether or not they have any of that rust. It's the 5 o'clock match, and then the 7.30 match, the primetime match between San Diego Wave and OL Reign. So we got some pretty good games coming up in that regard. Um, yeah, this is going to be good. By the end of this weekend, we're going to know who's in the National Women's Soccer League final. We'll see the kind of chaos that we could get into, the kind of just... I don't know, the insanity, who comes out on top? Are we going to be seeing big upsets, or are we going to be seeing a lot of what was to be expected, you know? Who knows? We got a lot going. Um, Either way, we got ourselves some pretty good games coming right up. So moving on now, we're going to be talking about the Mexican football top-level Liga MX Apertura. This last week has been a very, very busy week for those those teams. Very busy week. Feels like they're in the middle of like a cup, you know, draw week, which, you know, might touch on a little bit today. But in a little bit over a week, they have crammed in match days 14, 15, and 16. <laughs> 17 match days in the Apertura. All of the squads that are playing this weekend are jockeying for position to get into the playoffs. Mexico... Top 10 teams advance, so so many games, been absurd to kind of, it's a little kind of crazy to try and like understand what is going on, you know? Match day 14, you know, was over this last weekend. Match day 15 was, you know, midweek, had some pretty good affairs. Um, but just because of the just the sheer chaos that it was, we're going to focus on the ra- match day 16, which kicks off tonight so tonight eight o'clock Puebla versus Leon um, tonight being November the third that's an eight o'clock kickoff tomorrow pretty busy week you got Tigres versus Atletico San Luis at about four o'clock America versus Tijuana at about six o'clock and then a doubleheader at eight o'clock between Chivas de Guadalajara and Cruz Azul and then of course Pachuca versus Monterrey on Sunday, four games. It'll be Pumas de Unam versus Atlas at 11 in the morning Mountain Standard Time. Necaxa versus Mazatlan at 3 o'clock. Santos Laguna versus Toluca at 5 o'clock. And Juarez versus Querétaro at 7 o'clock. 
as it stands right now, San Luis, Pumas, Toluca, Leon, and Mazatlan, they're all fighting for their lives just to make it into the playoffs because they're currently sitting at places 6 through 10 within striking distance, specifically by Pachuca and Juarez, who are in 11th and 12th, respectively. They are quite close. It is not by a, by any means a far distance, a far reach to say that with two matches still left to play, they can they can jump in. You know, Pachuca, they have 19 points. They're only behind Mazatlan right now on goal differential. And then from there, Pachuca, you know, Leon's only two point is only a point up. Toluca is only two points up. Then Pumas and San Luis, they're both only three points up. So a win there, and you know, those other guys lose. And without you know, all of a sudden Pachuca is in the playoffs. Same with Juarez, you know, 18 points there within shooting distance of Toluca, eighth place. And then from there, you know, you also there's also a couple of teams that still really have a shot. Santos and Cruz Azul, they both have 17 points. They're within shooting distance right now of Leon, who's sitting in ninth. Puebla with 16 points, Atlas with 16 points, or theoretically in shooting distance of Mazatlan because they only have 19 points. So this is really, you know, with two matches for every team, two match days left, this is going to be absolutely insane. There's going to be no clear winner, you know, at the end of this week. We're going to know for sure. You know, we we already know for sure some teams are making it. You know, America with 36 points, which the team I root for, which I'm happy for. They are, you know, they're in it. There's no way they're in any threat. Tigres with 28, Monterrey with 26, and Chivas with 24. No real worries. Tijuana, you know, they could potentially lose some places, but they're, you know, Tijuana is not going to like suddenly crash out of the playoffs as a result. So, you know, no real worries in that regard, but those bottom, you know, those bottom half, that bottom half of the table, they're, they're in real danger of missing out on these playoffs. So, you know, these next couple of weeks, we're going to be seeing a lot of intrigue to see whether or not they can stay alive, who can stay alive, and how they kind of make it in, you know, just what absurd amounts of chaos can come because, yeah, it's a wild ride. Um, Nobody knows what's going on. We'll see what happens. Liga de MX, though. It's a fun time. Almost to the playoffs of the Apertura and see what goes on there. But, yeah. After next week, after this weekend, we'll see a pretty a much better picture of what's going on. So now we move on to the second level of Mexican football. La Liga de Expansión MX. Apertura. Match day 15. All wrapped up. And so we're getting close to the play-in round. So we'll talk about that real briefly after we, of course, talk about the Match Day 15 results itself. So first of all, Match Day 15, quick recap. Last Saturday, because, yeah, this Match Day has been taking a while, we saw Cimarrones de Sonora, really good win at home against Venados, 4-1. to one. You had Fernando Monares and Diego, Diego Jimenez both picking up a pair of goals, so two players with a brace pushing themselves to the win in the last game of the season. On Tuesday, Atlante completely in control. Alebrijes de Oaxaca, I'm sorry, 3-0 road victory. Easy win for Atlante to just move themselves up in the standings. On Wednesday, Corte Caminos de la UAT, another university team. They edged out Tlaxcala, 1-0 road victory, really close one. Daniel Amador, his goal in the 71st minute being all it took to get the win. Same day, Cancun, narrow victory over Mineros de Zacatecas, the team I'm kind of partial for because my family's from around there. 2-1 home victory. 
in what was honestly a very ugly game, eight yellow cards, including a double yellow card, red card for Horacio Torres of Mineros. Just not a great game. Ugly game. Just ugh. a lot of fouls, a lot of fouls, giving them out like candy. Then last night, triple header to wrap up the regular season. We saw a scoreless tie between Celaya and Le- Leones Negros de UAG, University of Guadalajara. We then saw a narrow 1-0 road victory for Dorados, taking down Tapatio because Alam Galindo able to get themselves that lone goal. And then another 1-0 victory, this time Atletico Morelia, the new return of Monarcas Morelia, except not really. 1-0 victory over Tepatitlan, thanks to Alonso Flores, in order to wrap up the regular season. So as a result, let's just quickly take a look at the table as the final standings. So... Cancun, 28 points on top. Leones Negros, second place with 27. Atlante in third with 25. Mineros in fourth with 23 with 24. Tepatitlan in fifth with 23. Cimarones with 22 points in sixth. Atletico Morelia in seventh. A two-way tie between them and Venados on goal differential, pretty much, because both with 21 points, but Venados with negative two, not holding on. Corte Caminos and La Paz then also both tied on points, except Corte Caminos way better goal differential, plus six versus La Paz with a minus seven. And then the last teams, the f- five teams not making it in, Celaya with 17 points, Tapatio with 14, Alebrijes with 13, Dorados with 12, and Tlaxcala. Forgettable season, six points over the course of 15 matches. Not great, not great at all. And so now we kind of look ahead and we're finally in the playoffs, the play-in round. So for those unaware, the play-in round here in Mexican uh, football, the 7th and 8th place teams face each other, and then the ninth and 10th place teams face each other. That way, once you're done, you have a nice and even 8 teams left in the bracket to go in through a quarterfinal round. Um, From that point on, uh, actually in each round, there's a home and away. So if you're at all familiar with the Champions League or Europa League, those kinds of competitions in Europe, then you know home and away. You play one match at one stadium, the higher seed probably, the higher place team hosts the first round, and then the lower one goes and hosts the second game. So coming up, you know, next week on Thursday, it's going to be the doubleheader. We're going to see Atletico Morelia take on Venados, so 7th and 8th, and then the ninth and 10th place teams, Corte Caminos and La Paz, will be taking each other on. So local time, that's going to be a 7 o'clock kickoff, pretty late um, here, Mountain Standard Time for the first match, and then 9 o'clock is the second match, so unless you're really uh, keeping an eye on these two, (laughs) on those teams, you're probably going to be asleep like I am, Um, but, you know, something to keep in mind. Of course, after that first round, which will take a little bit of time, because after all, it is a home and away, we'll then be moving on right into the main beef of the schedule. As the remaining six teams, Cancun, Leones Negros, Atlante, Mineros, Tepatitlan, Cimarrones, they all get ready to test their medal, see who comes out and who can then, you know, who they're going to face off against for the right to the Liga de Expansión Apertura Crown. So, got some pretty good stuff coming right up. 
And so with our last, you know, pre-planned major part of this um, inaugural debut show, we're talking about women's Mexican football, La Liga MX Femenil. And well, again, you know, they had two weeks off and we're entering the final, final match day of their regular season, of their apertura. And then we're into the playoffs. So the key difference here in La Liga MX Femenil is that, you know, it's only the top eight teams qualify. So sorry, there is no play in round. Once they're in, once this last match day wraps up, because match day 17 is the last match day, once that's over, we are moving on and we're into the quarterfinals. So got a lot of good games coming up this weekend that are really going to test and really determine who's coming in and who's coming out, all that good stuff. So tonight, got a lot of games. We actually have, so this is being recorded at 3 o'clock Mountain Standard Time on Friday the 3rd of November. So, you know, right now, 3.42, there are two games coming up within 20 minutes with Leon versus Atlas and Necaxa versus Tigres. Then at 6 o'clock tonight, it will be Chivas versus Pachuca. 8 o'clock tonight, Monterrey versus América. And as well, right afterwards, Juarez versus Pumas de Unam. Tomorrow, just one game at 11 in the morning, Cruz Azul versus Santos Laguna. Sunday, the doubleheader, Puebla versus Tijuana at 11 a.m. San Luis versus Toluca at 4 o'clock. And then Monday, the last game of the 2023 Liga MX Femenil Apertura will be Querétaro versus Mazatlán. So... Looking at these standings as we actually come into the final round of play. And well, as it stands, the only team that really isn't in really in a danger spot is Juarez. Sitting currently in eighth place with 26 points. They are within striking distance of Pumas, who, if you heard earlier, are playing them this weekend. So as a result... Whoever wins that match will get into the playoffs. Because here's the thing. Juarez has 26 points. They have a goal differential of 7. Pumas has 23 points. They have a goal differential of 8. So if Pumas wins, which means they get another goal, they get 3 points, 26 points. They tie Juarez on points. And then because of the fact that they are scoring a goal against Juarez, Juarez, you know, even if it's a one if it's a one nil victory, just a one one goal. Juarez will drop to a six-goal differential, Pumas will move up to a nine, and Juarez will fall out of the playoffs. So, yeah, very big match this weekend, so immediately I'm going to call that matchup the game of the week in terms of what's going on, because after all, Juarez can very easily fall out of the playoffs as a result. So Pumas are playing for everything here. Of course... The only way that Juarez makes it in is, of course, if they win or even if they get a draw. Because if they get a draw, one point apiece, Juarez moves up to 27, uh, you know, Pumas up to 24, and they get in safely and they move on into the playoffs. So the only team that is in danger of getting knocked out. So after this Monday, you know, we're going to know for sure who's in it. But right now, you know, America, Tigres, Chivas, Monterrey, Tijuana, Pachuca, and Toluca, they are all secure in their spots to move on into the Apertura playoffs and see who will fight on to be the crowned winners of this half of the Mexican football season because Mexican football, they split their seasons in half. 
you have two little tournaments, Apertura and Clausura, and then, you know, if it's two different winners, they fight each other for the ultimate crown. And so it'll be interesting. But right now, teams that are on the outside, it's Pumas, literally the only one looking in, because the rest of the teams are all eliminated. Sorry, León, Querétaro, Cruz Azul, you know, all teams down from 10th place to 18th. They have no hope of making it, especially Mazatlan. One point. It's a brutal time to be a Mazatlan women's football fan. Um, yeah, one point. Ooh. And while we're getting close to wrapping this one up, uh, this has been a very chaotic opening round to this uh, one. Frankly, if you're a someone who's been on the fence to getting into football, this was honestly your best week to get into football. Um, why? Because of all the cup draws. Um, <coughs> excuse me. All the league cups. So, you know, for those who might not know about football, you have, of course, the top leagues and all the different leagues playing within themselves. But then every league, every football association creates this big all cup where teams from different levels fight each other out, usually single elimination, to determine who will be the ultimate team winner. So, you know, in Germany, it's called the DFB Pokal. In Spain, it's called the Copa del Rey. You know, England, there's the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup, two different cups because England has a lot of them. Even the U.S. has one, the U.S. Open Cup, except that one got determined like a month or so. You know, it got determined a while back. Um, Sadly, Mexico does not have one right now. Um, Not since they ended promotion relegation due to the financial instabilities of many of the second second level and lower squads. So that's unfortunate. But, you know... Either way, some pretty good stuff. But this was a really good time to get into football. It's a really great time to get into football, regardless if I'm being honest, because you got a lot of games that really do matter coming up. And so if you're ever interested in getting into football, just take the time to watch it. There's a lot of very, ex- the leagues are very accessible for the most part. Honestly, more accessible than Major League Baseball, NBA, and so on. Those leagues really just do not like their fans watching for some reason. But This is a really good time to get into football, and so that's part of the reason why I started this podcast. I love football, you know. I played it as a kid, so that was a given. played a lot of FIFA as a kid. Um, But, you know, I'm here to bring football. Specifically, I like to aim towards the U.S. and Mexico because they're close, you know. Obviously, the teams and, you know, clubs in Europe and everything, they deserve all the respect and all the credit. But I do also like to give the shout-outs to the leagues nearby because you know what you might as well get attached to the team nearby get attached to a team nearby root for them see what kind of success you get all that wonderful stuff and so as we come to the end of this one once again i'd like to thank the camp student radio crew here at the university of arizona for giving me access to this wonderful wonderful booth worth of equipment and allowing me to record this inaugural episode of my brand new podcast it's football not soccer. Um, next week's recording will probably not sound as pretty because of the fact that I will not have access to this um, studio due to next week being Veterans Day, the break of Friday, my recording day and that good stuff. So we'll see what we do for next week's show because I do want to keep this going. I don't want to just hop right in and immediately just drop it like a potato. So we'll see what happens in next week's show. It might be on a really much lower quality microphone but that will be on a temporary basis for these kinds of breaks because after all this is a wonderful booth and i'm really happy to be able to use it so once again this is your host daniel cervantes wrapping up the debut episode of 
It's football, not soccer. Thank you all for listening in on this one, and I'll be seeing you all next week.